Scotty, 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 Scotty. Oh, Scotty, 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 Scott. Oh, Scotty, 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 Scott. Oh, Scotty, Scott. Oh, Scotty, Scott. Oh, Scotty, Scott. Will you answer me? It was really tempting to see if you. Oh, Scotty, Scott. Really tempting if you fill up the whole 30 minutes with doing that, trying to, um, yeah, trying to, uh, trying to make it work and um just to see if we had any reviews really no you you laugh it's 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 our new things like everybody and their mother does podcast how many people do song casts uh yeah no one because yeah. it's a terrible idea all right well speaking of terrible ideas how was your week oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh dear uh my week has been um uh, I'm going on vacation tomorrow, so like it's so a short week, which means you know. But I don't know what it's like for everyone else, but I always seem to find that when uh, when I'm going on vacation and like so, therefore doing a short week, there's still as much to do as there is in a normal week. So you end up just really working far too much in the week before um, you uh, you go and end up really needing that vacation. So yeah, I've got a few deadlines. Uh, some of the you had a few things come up last week which delayed the stuff that I was working on, so all a little bit behind. So it's been a bit frantic, but um, yeah, I'm not going to moan. I'm I'm going to go away on vacation, and so yeah, it will all will be good. So just plugging away, trying to do client work, getting stuff done, testing things that take an age to test that we've spoken about before, so I won't speak about it again. And um, yeah, just really. Um, that's about it. That's a bit dull, really. I mean, I could talk about a few. Bits maybe in a bit, but let me first ask you how your week has been. Well, it's been a whirlwind um, because, uh, you know, I, I spoke about the, the Foul Child's uh, robotics competition last week. Well, there was another one. So there was one over the weekend and then one that started on Wednesday. So I was working from Davis, California last week. And and that was all good. And that, that finished up. And, and the Foul Child turned 18. Um, and so in good in good British tradition... <laughs> His birthday gift is a suitcase, and as my my British colleague Ben points out, like, yeah, when I got mine, there were no wheels on it. <laughs> it was just a suitcase. <laughs> so yeah, I, I should do something similar. It's like, <laughs> get out, but I'm not going to make it easy for you. Um, but uh, I think that uh, in terms of of work and whatnot, it's something that I've I've started on this week is. The port of of the project that I was working on to use some infrastructure that was being developed at the same time I was developing mine, and I think that you know in in many development organizations you can have multiple people having to work on things where there's some overlap, um, and that's not necessarily a bad thing because sometimes you can look at the same sets of problems and have different teams and different individuals working on it, and they'll look at it from a take a different approach, and then in the end. Um, wherever you choose to converge your work, it can be made better. But I think in general, you don't really want to have lots of, of different ways of doing fundamentally the same thing because we're all solving and looking at the same sets of problems. You know, How do you marshal data from a server? How do you shape it properly? How do you turn it into well-defined entities? Then, And how do you define protocols so that those entities can conform to them and be used in in lots of different places? And how can you make sure that the work you do 
does not is as every piece is as standalone as it possibly can to in, in order to encourage reuse. Um, and those are all things that, that when you say them, they said, yeah, that makes perfect sense. We should absolutely do that. Why would anybody do anything differently? And the answer to that usually is because of deadlines and A-B tests and depending on where you are. Because, you know, if you are building <laughs> and repairing the plane while you're flying, that can be tricky. Um, but I think that, that you still have to, to, at least when the plane lands and goes in for service, think, okay, what should we reconfigure here? Because I am reminded of, of a, you know, a pat phrase that was used by uh, Scott McNeely, the CEO and, and co-founder of Sun Microsystems. And he used to say all the wood behind one arrow in his, his talks. And I actually believe that, you know, it's like, you know, you only have so much, um, so much engineering capacity and you have to be as efficient as possible. So, you know, it's fine to experiment and try different things. But when you decide, yep, yeah, this is the direction where you want to go and this is the, the area of the code base or this approach that has the most work behind it and you can adapt the other one and, and make it all conforming, I think that's a smart thing to do. Um, so I am in the process of starting to do that. And the, what was the, the, the kind of catalyst for that is that... Um, you know, complicated apps that, that with large companies have lots of, of analytics that you have to have um, to be able to see where, where you are in the app and, and, and what data is being presented and then how to, to, to track things for it. Um, and that is a tricky thing. There's a lot of infrastructure. If you imagine, you know, it's very, it's, it's relatively easy to, to get a collection view up and running and to put some cells into it and put some data behind the cells and so forth. Um, and then, and that's the stuff that is kind of well-documented Apple API and, and well-discussed in all sorts of articles, but the stuff that may be specific to your implementation of it, it's like what happens when a cell becomes visible and what happens when that cell gets selected and somewhere, you know, goes off in the application and you need to be able to, you know, create paths, um, then your implementation starts to become specific to your company if, if you're not using a third-party, you know, tool of some sort that everybody else uses. And that's, you know, that's pretty commonly the case. Big, big companies, um, for, for good reasons, sometimes will have to, to put some technology in-house, even though maybe it does some, some similar things to what others do. Um, and so at that point, you don't want to be the person that's working on your specific project and it comes time to say, okay, well, how are you doing the logging for this? And it's like, uh, I'm rolling it on myself again. Nope, you don't want to do that. You just want to basically say, I'm taking advantage of the infrastructure that's already built up. And it's the same thing with, you know, what's your voiceover story? What's your preferred content size story? What's your, you know, caching stories? Like if, if infrastructure has been built up, you better be able to use it easily. And if you're building something new, if it doesn't conform to the infrastructure that's there, you're doing something wrong. All right, so that's the end of my speech. I'm going to have a sip of cappuccino now. Mm, much better. Did I lose everybody and you? No. No. <laughs> you just, you're stunned into silence. Where's, where's Barky the failure dog <laughs> to say? But, I, well, you just spoke a lot, but... I have no idea where Barky the failure dog is. Um, actually, at the moment, I've not seen him for a bit, so maybe Barky's run away. He's successful. Wow. He got freedom. Oh, good. It, it all sounds, John, like we are, um, you know, yeah, yeah, what I'm saying about my testing stuff and you about, you know, infrastructure. We're just basically saying life is a bit complicated sometimes with this stuff, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yes. But I don't know what else to say, really, because I, I feel like, uh, you know, we, we, we say this sort of stuff quite a lot. Um, you know, we, we, we speak. Um, 
quite a bit about the same sort of problems and trying to get it together. You know, we might have different details about stuff and there might be, you know, a different circumstance. But, uh, you know, basically we, we I, I think, you know, if we look back across the years, we've repeated the same problems a number of times, which makes me wonder, you know, is this really, you know, are we really at the pinnacle of, you know, how this stuff is going to work, nor works going forward. Uh, and we're just going to have to put up with this for the rest of our lives because we've been putting up with it for many, many years. You know, whatever the circumstance we're in, or are we, um, you know, should we be expecting change? And what do you think those changes should be? What, you know, what, could, what could make everything you've just told me better? Well, <laughs> that's a great question. And it is a question for the ages. And I think that by the time you are in your career and you've done your second big project or you've repeated something. It doesn't really matter. You've come across the same problem a second time. Then you start to realize a couple of things. One is that, you know, trying to make things simpler and simpler is a good thing because if nothing else, at some point in your life, you get to realize like, I don't want to spend my time, you know, redoing something that I've already solved or going through that. But the other hand, you always realize that you go work on a big project and then somebody comes along like, I have an idea for a set of infrastructure and a capacity and some new software and new techniques going to radically improve everything. And at first when you hear that, it's like, that's great. I've just been through this really painful experience and I can't wait for somebody to come along and help make my life easier. And then you realize that, you know, oftentimes the great solution for everything, you know, either itself takes forever and by the time it's implemented suffers from the same problems as everyone else. In other words, you, you, you acquire a certain type of, of, I don't want to say jadedness, but kind of careful eye to, to, to saying, can you believe everything that's promised? And if you've seen a couple of cycles, then you, you realize that despite lots of good intents, you know, human nature is, or, or just the nature of the problems are, is that you, you, you get, it's, it's like making achievement in, 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 in moving society forward. Everybody wants to think that there's going to be this big radical revolution that's going to wash away everything that was old and it will rebuild, you know, utopia starting next Tuesday. And it's that's just it unfortunately is not the way it is. You can have big radical events that 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 serve as catalysts for people to go on a journey to make changes, but I just don't think massive radical change happens overnight. And once you know that and are comfortable with that, then you can then you can start to to feel a little bit more comfortable about saying it's like, well, you know, am I contributed to making something work better now and and doing that tomorrow? And can I can I look back and say, yeah, this now is easier, or we've been able to move on to other problems, or you know, because this infrastructure in this place, when I'm working on this project, I can put more time on to to focus and some on something that's very specific to what I'm doing, focus on polish because I don't have to worry about these other details, whatever it is. And so that's one thing I think. The second thing, though, is that. You also have to be comfortable with with things being messy, I believe, at least, because in the end, you know, if you have all the same type of people who look at the world the same type of ways, always working in and building infrastructure and building the problems, then you're going to get the same stuff year in, year in, after, year in, year out, and, and that itself becomes boring. So I think it's okay, if not really actually very good, to have people on the team who also will have different levels of, of skill, meaning that, you know, different level, I should say different levels of experience. Um, because sometimes, you know, having somebody who takes a brand new look at, it's like, I can't believe you're having to do that. Um, and then begins the, the kind of, you know, the, 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 the side eye from the old timers like, yes, but you don't realize all the things you don't know. 
And sometimes when you pull on that a little bit, then you say, okay, do we still need to, to worry about this? Always, you know, driving down and, and trying to make things simpler and simpler and, and get rid of, of things that aren't truly, truly necessary and start asking hard questions. So I think that that's important. Um, so that, so does that mean that, you know, we're going to see something that's radically different? I, I don't know. I mean, you know, one thing I've always wanted to do is, is I would like to be able to talk to you know, people that worked on software with much greater constraints than we could ever, you know, ever have had to work with. Because that's something that, that you know, you, you see in, in computer science or software engineering meme cultures. Like, you know, you imagine having a conversation with a person who had to, you know, write software that, that guides a, a rocket ship and has, you know, <laughs> you know, has to make everything work in, in, in one kilobyte of, of RAM and program using, you know, knitting yields. I'm joking, but I'm not, you know, what I'm, I'm getting at. I mean, have you ever had that, that feeling or what do you think about this now? Because you are a wizened old timer as well, aren't you? Uh, well, I mean, Programming a rocket ship in one kilobyte of RAM is, yeah, I'm, yeah, I, I've never quite had to deal with that level. I think, <laughs> I think, you know, the biggest memory management thing I ever had to deal with, I think, was probably in my early days of writing Win, Windows programs, probably for Windows about three, maybe Windows two, I can't remember, uh, where you weren't allowed more than 16K segments. So you had to divide your code up to make sure they, compiled um you had to, to batch them so the things that needed to work together would all work within 16k segments you could have as many 16k segments as you wanted but you know anything that wanted to talk to one another had to be in the same 16k segment which to be honest it was wasn't that difficult at the time didn't really think about it but looking back now thinking well that was just a bit of a bit of a, a faff that i'm not sure why we had to do anymore um in all sorts of things and actually as you were just uh speaking i was thinking that actually you know our industry is full of what i'm going to call quiet quiet revolutions um here's me looking for that the big splash and you know what's going to make our life easier but i was just um considering uh something that probably 90 95% maybe even higher of us use these days and that's git git hasn't mm-hmm. git hasn't been around that long uh, I remember, however many years ago it was, when when it came around, that you, know, you there were a few people um, out on the uh, you know out on the internet who were making a few videos about here. This is this great new thing called Git, and uh, I just guess over you know more people got into using it. And I remember at a time there was a few of these things. So there, I think there was a Git and Mercurial and Bazaar were were three. Um, uh, three source code management systems that were sort of coming out of the offer to be distributed and, and um, not not central uh, and have some decent controls in them. And I think Bizarre died off fairly quickly. Mercurial kept going for quite a while, but I'm, I think it's probably fairly backseat these days. But like, so in the last, I don't know, is it 10 years? Probably. Is it that long? Something like, you know, Git has taken over the world. GitHub obviously came along and made Git even more more usable but there's no like uh you know sort of revolution where everyone suddenly you know you know our lives have been changed our distributed working is different but it was like you know looking back now it it was actually quite a quiet revolution that, that just went on there with no fanfare and very little bloodshed and so you know i'm just wondering maybe 
maybe there's things that have happened this way many times and maybe just not as noticeable because they've not been quite as dominant as as Git has been. So here's me saying, you know, when are we going to get someone who comes out with something revolutionary? And yet it's probably happening all the time. (laughs) And so I should just shut my trap and, and just be grateful. The revolution's all about you all the time. And but you, you brought up an important point is that um, you know, the first versioning system I ever used was C, I mean, you know, was CVS. Before that was tarballs and change logs, you know. Um, and then somebody says, no, we should be using CVS. Great. So show me how to use it. And and I at the time I was so, you know, so new, so early. I'm like, you know, the thought of working with other people and, and editing the same files was like this radical concept to me because I barely could could work on my own. Um, but then I learned it and it's like, wow, this is really great. And then somebody says, no, but subversion is the new hotness. And all you have to do is is type SVN instead of CVS and, and the, the command structures, you know, the commands, the command line arguments are the same. Great, wonderful. And then come along comes along Git and Git really did change things. But you know, you can use Git on your own, and and many people do. We do, but then you know, I think for so many people, I noticed Git was the first versioning system that non-programmers knew about and cared about. You know, you could have plenty of web designers or or, or, or whatnot uh, who could use GitHub's tools. So they could use versioning systems, version management, but they could use graphical tools to do it. And there's a whole lot of infrastructure around it. I don't think Git would have taken off had it not been for GitHub. And I think that the lesson here is mostly is to be able to see, is the work that you're doing making life easier and, and for not just the hardcore people who, in a way, kind of they're used to struggling with complex things, but has has it expanded the field? It's like you go to a dinner party or a party of any kind, you know, when, when somebody wants to approach you, do you open up the circle and let more people into the conversation or do you close the circle and keep people out um, for whatever reason? And I think that, that technologies that that help open up the circle ultimately make the, the, the environment better for everyone, even if they're, even if there's some kind of, you know, tectonic plates shifting up against each other, causing friction and earthquakes. Um, I, I think that, that things that make things simpler ultimately are the best. Um, and yeah, now that we're all talking in, in, in metaphors about everything and, and saying nothing. Well, talking of tectonic plates and earthquakes and things shifting around you, it sounds like your building is being dismantled around you right now. Are you, are you, are you, are you safe? <laughs> <laughs> no, I am safe. No, I'm, I'm up. I'm up here perched in in the guest loft where there's all sorts of of activity going on b- below me. And that is the life of of a rock star podcaster who has to go into the corners in case that people always wonder. It's like John, why, you know, why is it like this? It's because I'm going to reveal a sad truth. People may not have realized, but I don't do podcasting for a living. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't. I don't have a dedicated studio that I close off that has lights. I will go off into a corner somewhere and and maybe not have the light on so as not to disturb somebody else, or because, you know, the the place I choose to work may be slightly more quiet. And and when if I don't have light and my recorder doesn't have backlight on it, sometimes it's hard to see things. So, but yes, that explains why. So this is this is the this is the the raw you know unpolished nature of this particular podcast and this particular podcast host co-host we are we are podcasting au naturel there we go <laughs> there we are so anything else you want to talk about this week anything else happened to you anything anything come up any little technical tip that you want to share with our listeners um no <laughs> no, no, no 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 
no, it, it's not no. I mean, unless that's like, please say no. Um, no, I'll, I'll make it brief. It, it's it's more a reminder again of um, you may work very, very hard on a, a project or a, a set of work, and then you say, okay, well, you know, along the while this came on, like, for instance, this project that I've been working on, um, it, it it combined data sources um, from from different places, some local, some from the server, it combined, you know, existing classes, for, you know, for for rendering data, you know, ex- existing views, collection view cells, collection views, whatnot, um, and I found it very, very important to be able to um, make things all work together, um, and that was tricky. And 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 while I'm working on the project, I had to say, okay, well, I need to solve this problem. I get some some data in this format, and how should I convert it into entity? Should I, you know. Um, should I turn, you know, use codable and decodable, or should I do it manually? And at first, I said, well, just for now, it's very, very simple. I, you know, implementing decodable is 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 easy enough. But sometimes, if you already have, you know, it's been turned into a dictionary, and you can just look at the data very quickly. I did that, and then I said, oh, I'll have to change that. And indeed, indeed, the the, the time came along where I had to implement a decodable protocol, um, and so that's all all well and good. And, but what I found is, is, is I care so little these days um, about the nuts and bolts of how something gets done, but how I can push things forward, because if I want to see something exist in the world, I've said it a million times, the software engineering aspect of it, the coding aspects, oftentimes is the least difficult part of it. And it's getting people to to be convinced this is a smart idea. We should go in this direction. So I, I also spend a lot of time into the screen movies and the presentations and how I discuss things on Slack or in email or in documents. And, and I'm constantly reminded of that. And the reason is, is because um, one thing that was really nice is we had some design presentations where, where it was a lot of blue sky thinking. It's like, what might the app, what might the platform look like in, you know, seven years, 10 years, whatever. Um, and a lot of the the directions um, that were proposed were, you know, I, I could speak to them very, because there, there are areas in which I've been talking about that a lot. And as a software engineer and as a product focus one, you know, I, I see software engineering as a tool to be able to move things in a way that, that makes sense to me or that, that I think is a good idea or that, that lights up my heart doing it. Um, and I think that it is important. This will be my parting phrase is that, um, as we all now know, kind of programming language environments, you know, tools, techniques, they come and go. Um, but you always have to find some core thing that motivates you to move forward and and find ways to be able to help motivate other people to join you in your efforts for doing it, to be a good team player, to be able to kind of say your vision or your way of, of looking at it. It's very good, but it's not the only way. And be 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 willing and, and able and happy to kind of hew towards one direction, so that then in the direction that you want other people to hew to, uh, you will be in a position to make that happen as well. Like if you're always a butthead, like nope, my way or the highway all the time, then people are going to say, yep, see you on the highway. <laughs> we're, we're going <laughs> when we pass by, and you're you're sticking your thumb out. Maybe we'll give you a ride or not. Anyway, that's my parting thought for this week. And. What a great part of the was. So basically you're saying if you want it, do it yourself. <laughs> if you want if you want to do it yourself, what? <laughs> then go do it yourself with no one else? No. Uh, no. no I, I'm, 
I'm, I'm saying that that if you know if you want people to 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 play with you, you need to be able to play with them yeah. as well. It's like it's yeah. it's 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 what you're hopefully taught in the or learn in the sandbox in kindergarten. Plays well with others. Yes, yes, uh, which is one of the interesting dynamics that probably has changed in teams with lockdown and COVID. That uh, it's going to be interesting to see how teams as they return to the offices realize they get on don't get on work well don't work well as they're um you know because there'll be some teams that have only ever existed remotely and now have to work in practice together which will be quite you know um and and i know you weren't necessarily talking just about that you were talking about how to get the best from you know it, it makes stuff out of it but uh you know you're, you're just saying learn to play in the sandbox is just uh you know made me think of that as well yeah sorry there we are i made i made what you would i made your your totally you know you know, poignant and uh, concise explanation into a disjointed, complete podcast fuck up. <laughs> so I did my job, and you well. do it so well, Scotty. <laughs> <laughs> I did my job so well. Oh, it's uh, it's in there. So it's uh, um, anything in as, as well. I've been my my. I've been so head down in, in just doing work and everything this week and, and trying to get going. I think I shared shared all my Cocoa Pod no SSOs last week, so I'm not going to go there again. I've had a few more of those um, uh, this week. But I really have not taken any notice of what's been going on in the world. Uh, I mean, no, that's, I have been taking notice of what's been going on in the world. Then in the software development world, I know a few people have been receiving their um, uh, Apple Studio displays and quite happy with them. But as I didn't order one of those, and I don't think you ordered one of those, and even if we did, I don't yep. think they've arrived yet. We we cannot get on that that podcasting bandwagon. Uh, but is there anything you've picked up on this week that I should be aware of? John, what have I missed this week? Or are you just as in the dark as I am? I am just as in the dark as you are. So basically, so. we can we are say we are uninformed ignoramuses when it comes to the software development buzz culture, but we don't really <laughs> care. Yeah, no, no. Well, in which case, um, I think we should probably wrap up just a little bit early because we don't want to just uh, uh, took it out for the sake of it. Um, and as I say, I'm going on vacation tomorrow, so I've got lots of things to do, like pack and things like this. So, uh, John, if people want to. Um, commiserate with you and say how do you put up with that muppet of a co-host uh who who um butchers everything you say after you've said it uh where should they uh, where should they do that well you should find me in the back of the theater in the upper lodge where I can join me as another you know old man screaming at the audience which pretty much describes twitter i think um, where you'll find me as Jembe, that's D-J-E-M-B-E, like the West African drum. And Scotty, if people want to raise a a cocktail glass with, you know, a tropical drink and a, an umbrella uh, in your honor, where may they do that? Well, I don't want people to raise a cocktail glass in my honor. I want them to send me cocktails. Which okay. I, I'm not sure, not sure they can do by Twitter. But maybe you can inform me on Twitter that you have done that. <laughs> so where I, I am, MacDevNet. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Well, a bit, a bit of a random set of uh, uh, ramblings there, John. So really, just another week in the bag, I think. <laughs> it's, Nailed it. <laughs> it's, uh, I have to be honest. My head is uh, my head is a little bit all over the place with just uh, trying to get stuff done this week. So um, yeah, so uh, uh, I, I apologise, folks, for my possible lack of focus. It's 
times because it's all over the place. But uh, thanks for listening anyway. And until next time, you take care. Thank you.